Hello and welcome to the podcast Sport and Life. Thank you for hitting on the button. We are sponsored by uh, Cheltenham's Bang & Olufsen and Serene AV, specialists in some of the finest home entertainment brands, providing solutions based around high-quality customer service and installations. That is the official tagline, but heartily recommend if you do want a new uh, cinema room, if you want a new stereo, anything like that, check out Jason Briggs and his team in Montpellier, in Cheltenham. Wonderful uh, team and will definitely help you out and be very trustworthy to have in your home and decide on the new entertainment system, whatever it might be. Good people. Now, the podcast today is Vincent Freeman. Vince, who is a music star local to Cheltenham, had a number one, I believe, in Belgium. We'll find out more as we speak to him last year. He's also been on the television show in the UK, The Voice, and his rendition of Kings of Leon's My Sex is on Fire. I think that's the official title. Maybe Sex on Fire is the official title, but has, I believe, four million views on YouTube. He's also a tennis coach locally as well, so there's a sporting connection there. But it should be good to chat to Vince and see how the music landscape lies. Changed hugely in my lifetime, from tapes to CDs to now all digital and seemingly less stars, more people making music, but similar, I suppose, to the media and the work I do as a broadcaster kind of more fractured fragmented market so it'll be really interesting to catch up with Vince I'm going down to his record studio or his recording studio now and uh, get to know a little bit more about him and, and the industry cheers guys hope you enjoy this so this is yeah yeah Vince you're just admiring my uh, my fancy seven pounds iPhone stand to record my uh, record my podcast. yeah but it's silver <laughs> it's silver as we as we sit in it's your shiny as we sit amidst your guitars uh, keyboard Fancy recording equipment here in wow. the heart of Cheltenham. You're you're bowled over by my podcast setup. Absolutely. The good thing is, I think I've disabled phone calls today, so hopefully I won't get a phone call. I am on the school run, so I've got to, um, got to keep that in mind. Yeah, I might too. get a call from. Well, you made it this morning, because we our daughters go to the same school, and you said text. You said, oh, can we do this chat a little bit later tomorrow? Last night, and I was like, okay, yeah, because I wasn't getting back till half one. And I thought he won't be at school in the morning. And then you shamed me because Carla said that she went, <laughs> and you were there, and I was in bed. She got I, back, well, and I was still asleep. Yeah, well, with three kids, it's you know, oh, yeah, you got... it's, it's it's kind of more a case of like Jack Jacks is up and she gets up with the kids, but to to pile them all into the car yeah. just to drop one off at school, <laughs> I tend to kind of do that. Well, we just <laughs> we've already got the one girl. She did make sure she woke me up. She gave me a good. She used to want to cuddle me more when I'm not getting up than when I am. So it's sort of like get a cuddle and she comes and says goodbye to me at eight o'clock. So I kind of got a little bit of a. But then our living room I floor. I just get shouted at. Yeah, Daddy, time to get up. Yeah, our, li- our living room floor was done as well. But you were working late last night. You just played me yeah. some amazing range of tracks. But it's crazy because you've been in the music business so long. But now it seems like you played me like an R and B type track. You got a folky kind of song. Yeah. You've got country and western almost there as yeah. well you said this sort of shallow feel the bradley yeah. cooper movies slow's going on how how are you finding it you enjoying that that range yeah i, I mean i kind of did that uh on purpose I, I guess when my first daughter was born um so faith's um nearly six now yeah and i just decided that i ought to kind of get serious about writing mm. and and writing for other artists and writing for advertisements you know um to make it more of a business than a yeah a I, I guess so yeah and it, it, the thing is if you're if you're gonna you know to say to labels or publishers or people that are buying music that you're a writer yeah you can't just go to them and kind of go oh yeah i write this <laughs> style of music and that's it because it, you know ultimately the music industry is a business and yeah if you've got you know if you've got a lot of strings to your bow and you're doing them all very well then it's you know you've you've got more ammunition 
you know, to, to talk about publishing deals and things like that. You know, to, but, yeah, to, I suppose uh, they're the different styles as well. It kind of brings you out of yourself as it detaches you and makes you look at it it's definitely more ta- made me a tactically better, in a way. Yeah, it's definitely made me a better writer. Yeah. Um, because it's it, it, songs, strangely, it, in most genres. Sorry, oh, that, that was my phone. <laughs> um, it's know, loud. I never know how to turn. I'll just turn that, the speakers Is off. that your wife? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, I think strangely what I've realised is that songs are songs in almost all genres, apart from when you start looking at, you know, death metal. Yeah. Um, you know, even house music, progressive house, indie music, rock music, folk music, you know, all those different genres. Yeah. Um, in my opinion, the best songs in all of those genres... You like. ...are... Great songs. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's funny. Um, it's funny because some of my favourite songs, really corny, you probably think, but from a childhood, like Warren G's "Regulate" things like that, <laughs> and you think actually just resonate, you know. But then, then yeah. I love Oasis, the, the songs from Oasis, Stone Roses. But you think actually, yeah, the the, the ones yeah. that that are household favourites in any genre, Snoop Dogg or whatever it was, you know. Yeah, I'm not I, a middle class white guy from England, but you think those, those songs still still were good. And I think you know, it's it's you know, some of it's about the message, some of it's about you know. Um, you know, the honesty and integrity in songs. Yeah. Um, but other things that, you know, it's it's like... It's often about the same sort of things, aren't it? Same yeah, passions and same think, problems. I think one of the, th- one of the things that I did uh, very early on, uh, about sort of five, six years ago, was I made myself listen to Bob Dylan. Yeah. And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I just didn't get it. So I, would, I, I listened to Mr. Tambourine Man a lot, but yeah. I didn't listen to that many. Well, I kind of, I didn't get it because his voice is very nasally and it's sort of like, it's, if you're not a fan of, of that kind of music, yeah, um, it's quite a hard listen. But then I came across an album that um, massive artists had done yeah. of Bob Dylan's songs. Oh, so it's everyone from Adele. Really? You know, right the way through doing classic Bob Dylan songs. And suddenly when you realise that Make You Feel My Love is a, a Bob Dylan song. Yeah. And then and then suddenly I started getting it and suddenly started understanding that actually he's an epic songwriter. Yeah. He was also a huge seismic cultural force, wasn't he, in the United yeah. States in the, yeah. at a point then. But it's, it's, it's the melody and the lyrics. It's, you know, he's, he's so intelligent. Yeah. And... You know, it, it it had bypassed me as a, a younger yeah. artist that wanted to be cool and wanted to be you know, on the cover of this magazine <laughs> and that. Um, it, you know, those kind of things sort of bypassed me. And then I started really looking at, um, you know, songwriters and why they're considered to be the best. Yeah, out there. but it's interesting because he did have that. He was in the States in the 60s where it was coming alive, like conservatism was getting thrown off in Vietnam and all that thing. And then the 70s was yeah. drugs and all part of sort of Hunter S. Thompson stuff. But it's interesting you say that because I guess we were born in the... You were probably born in the 80s or 70s? Late 70s. 77. Late 70s. <laughs> late 70s. So you're a few years older than me, but not much. And when we were growing up, you had these seismic cultural figures in music and even in broadcasting when I went to journalism school there were guys like, I went to school in the States, so there was Ed Murrow, who was a, a Second World War journalist, all these guys, you know, in our country, like Trevor McDonald, Des Lynam mm. in sport, yeah. who were like seismic figures, and you had all the music figures as well. Yeah. The world's just changed, since we've become adults, it's changed hugely because of the internet, hasn't it? Where it's, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a different, it's a, such a different world because there's so many more, in a sense, opportunities to put stuff out there, but mm. to kind of have that gravitas and that, that sort of, 
I guess, um, preeminent position is, is less I less think, common. Yeah, I mean, I think the message, uh, certainly in the arts, is is still as important as it was, you know, back then. I mean, I, you know, I don't I don't claim to write, uh, you know, you know yeah. protest songs or anything like that. But I think I think for me, um, art in any form has to have integrity. Yeah. And honesty, and and because of that, it has to have a you know it has to mean something, um, either means something to you as the creator of it, or it you know means something to yes. you know to the listener. But it's, you can find listeners in a sense more easily because you don't have to rely on a record company. But it seems since digitization of of music, it's kind of well, I was talking about it being honest. I was twenty one, twenty two, and I'm not the most yeah. technic, te- technology savvy person anyway. So it's it was kind of, uh, I was like a deer in the headlights with it all, but trying to find new music becomes difficult, doesn't it? So in yeah. a way, to become the Bob Dylan of your generation is almost seemingly impossible now because everyone in the Western world knew who Bob Dylan was, knew who Jimi Hendrix yeah. was. It's a different I think, type. you know, one of, the, one of the big shifts in the music industry was about probably just, I guess, just before iTunes uh, yeah. really sort of um, uh, absolutely, you know, changed the, the music world overnight. Basically, um, the 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 major labels were left napping, um, and a lot of the major labels were kind of going, "Oh, this iTunes thing, blah blah blah." <laughs> it's oh, nap- it will never is, take is off. Is Napster still a thing? They say napping. I don't it? know. I mean, I I think you know. I mean, that's peer to peer stuff. So I'm, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, it's still it's still out there, and 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 and. But you know, iTunes was certainly something where the music industry was left napping. But just before that major labels the business model with major labels is really strange um you know i read somewhere about sort of 10 years ago that that um five percent of major label artists Hmm. um provide the income for major labels wow for 95 (laughs) percent of the business so it's a 95 percent failure yeah, business model. Yeah, and if it, <laughs> you know, and why have they not been made redundant? Do you think those labels? Why is it? Why can artists not just build themselves? Uh, in a sense? You know, the thing is with with labels, and a lot of people talk about labels as being the big bad wolf. Mm. It, it's it's just not the case. Yeah, um, you know, especially major labels, they're exceptionally good at uh, using brilliant writers, using amazing producers. And they're exceptionally good. They're very, very well versed in some cases, you know, over a hundred years worth of history yeah. behind what it takes to break an artist. Yeah. The other side of it is it takes a lot of money. Um, it still does, does it? Yeah. So you can't I just because you it, hear stories about people on Instagram who put videos up and suddenly yeah, become famous. I mean, and... The girl I was working with uh, last week, I was very fortunate to get invited to to work with a, a new um, artist that um, Swiss Beats, which is Alicia Keys's husband. Yeah. Um, so that's Emigem Records and Monster Records. They're working with this new English girl. She's is absolutely she English? Fan- yeah. You well, probably some of that stuff. Yeah, she's she's Arab- sounded American. She's, um, she's from, uh, she's from, no, not Saudi Arabia, Yemen. She's, oh, okay. she's from Yemen, but, but she's, she sings she's as American, American style. Yeah, almost, but yeah. she's, she's really into kind of like, um, soul, R&B, yeah. kind of, you know, um, but the point of it is, is she was actually found on Instagram. Mm. So, you know, these, all of these, all the, all of these avenues have value. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I would say that... You still need a, a team around you to coordinate it and conduct it. Yeah, conduct I mean, it. I read somewhere... I mean, this was a, what, a long time ago. This is probably about 15 years ago it, 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 that it took... It takes a million pounds to, to put an artist into uh, public consciousness in the UK. Through so, marketing? Yeah. So Which, that's even more complicated marketing now than it used to yeah, be. Yeah, marketing so spend of a million pounds would yeah. probably put you in the top ten. Where, where would they market it now? Would they market a lot online or would they market... A lot of it's pluggers, yeah. bloggers, yeah. playlists, so people, pa- tastemakers. That's funny because the gatekeepers have changed, haven't they, in the music? Because it used mm. to be, I suppose, the record company would select you... Um, like Oasis made it, and they breaking into a gig in Manchester or something, and they yeah. kind of like told the bouncers to get in. And luckily, there was a guy from the record company who was there to watch yeah. them, and, and they got that opportunity. And it was, but he was the gatekeeper. Whereas now, like you say, my brother's trying to make it in music. Uh, check out JJ Draper's stuff. He's had a lot of hits, but it's just getting those those important people on on board. But he, he talks about those bloggers and trying to get their support because they've almost become yeah, part of the I'm, gatekeeping. The, you know, the the problem is is that that the the music industry. I think is and will stay the same for quite a while. There, there are always exceptions to the rule. Mm. Um, there are always people that will, you know... Will, Jump over. You know, find, find a, um, a way of, uh, you know, finding a, a, a sort of a, a, a thing. You know, like yeah. Ed Sheeran, I mean, yes, he was picked up by a major label. You mm. know, I, I, I knew him way back then. Yeah. Um, and... <laughs> he but said, he he's, said it's exaggerated he, how much he was sleeping rough and all that stuff. Yeah, he was. I mean, but but what he did do was he did. I, I mean, I know for example. I mean, there's the Dot to Dot um, festival in, in Bristol, which is kind mm. of like um, it was one of the first of its types, where it's a festival that doesn't actually have like necessarily a main stage. It uses venues yeah. in the city. Yeah. Um, and he did. You know, when when I met him, you know, he was kind of going, "Well, what, what should I do?" And I was like, "Just do as much as you can." Yeah. You know, go out and be. Well, he was doing rap gigs and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he was he, he was very good at finding um, people to collaborate with and work with. Mm. And he was, you know, he was really into SPTV, Devlin, and you know all of that kind of like emerging, you know, grime scene basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he also hit. He sort of hit a moment. You know, uh, people were kind of. Um, I, I, I guess probably getting a little bit fed up of the like you know the stereophonics the big band sound all that kind <laughs> of stuff well i like them but yeah, yeah but i think people uh, especially students they yeah. kind of wanted something a bit more authentic and along came this guy that was using a bit more sensitive millennials. yeah he was playing with a guitar he was he was he was using um uh, one of his biggest influences was like um was nisloppy mm. um you know, if, I don't know whether you remember J, JCB song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that, that, they my were dad, a duo. My name's Jake and I'm four. Yeah, I mean, that, that went yeah. number one. But they, what, what they did quite uniquely was they, they did sort of folk music, but with, um, with rapping yeah. kind of thing. And they sang in a very English accent. Yes. And, and that, that, you know, Ed was a massive fan of yeah. Lizloppy and Jamie Woon and... Well, it's been like quite. He, he was Sheeran was almost at the vanguard then of a whole era of what ten years of, of that style of male singer. Yeah, yeah, singer and that singing. Ben, with ben Howard was one as well, wasn't he? he yeah, was, I mean, yeah. Ben, I, I'd say Ben was kind of more of the um, you know Mumford and Sons and Damien yeah. Rice kind of vibe or yeah. Newton Faulkner, yeah, kind of thing because it's different. So, but, do you think it will go back again to bands? Do you think that will flip? It will flip come. On, it will come yeah. and go. You know, it's yeah. like. 
it's like fashions, you know. <laughs> you got your trucker hat on there. That's, yeah, I got that's a trucker hat, but, but you know, my, my wife's got a pair of dungarees. So you're brave today, you're because we're pretty much out. You're in your studio, but you have got the doors open. It's uh, it's pretty chilly. We got your flip flops on. Yeah. It is sunny, so hopefully, hopefully spring is going to hit the West Country. But what? Because Ed Sheeran as well strikes me as and it, that transition you've made since becoming a dad into the business mindset. He seems like he had that early. And hear him talk about. Um, What's that song, the Galway Girl, that he sung yeah, recently? Yeah. And it, it, I think he actually talked about the Irish diaspora around the world, didn't he? And realising that, particularly in America, there's these huge people who rate themselves or count themselves as Irish. And they, yeah. anything like that, there's this kind of reverence and a sort of nostalgia around Ireland that, yeah. he, that he deliberately played into with that, that song. Absolutely. And, yeah. and he's got a song with the, the Hispanic singer, hasn't he, as well? They do yeah, Spanish yeah, yeah. and English. So he's obviously aware of markets and who he, might he is he's i mean he's a very he's a very inte- he's a very intelligent guy when i when i when i knew him i mean you know i would have counted him as one of my musical friends you know yeah. not a great friend we did loads of gigs together and you know his mates that he was touring with came out to france to tour with me and all yeah. that kind of stuff so it was sort of a bit like a youth club type thing but <laughs> one of the things about ed was he was like an, a sponge. He wanted mm. to know everything. Um, you know, he was a, he was talent talented sing, a songwriter, but he wasn't amazing as a, a songwriter. I think probably mm. I would get, you know, people will probably hate me for saying that, but he's become yeah a great songwriter. So it, he's become it. So it's a nature because this is called sport and life. But this is in the, we'll talk a little bit about sport because I mentioned in, in an intro I recorded before that you are a tennis coach locally <laughs> as well. Yeah, but. Um, it's that nature nurture argument in sport. You know, we have it particularly at the moment in say in boxing. You have this huge innate natural athleticism of someone like Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. They came to yeah. boxing late, late teens, early twenties. But then you've got someone like Tyson Fury, who's been boxing as a kid in you know since a very early age, and you can see his ring craft and just his intuitive knowledge. So the question's always been: Are, are sports people are they born? Are they made? What do you think about music? Because I think I could never be a singer. I think it's the same the world over. I think, um, you know, it depends on what you want to do. If you if you wanted to become, like, say, for example, you wanted to become a, a reasonable singer, mm. um, I could teach you how to become a reasonable singer. Yeah. I, I can't hear there, rhythm. There is a difference between um, good and great. Yeah. You know, and um, so you need actually to... tennis was, was something that I kind of, um, you know, I learned this. Did side you? of it from you know i used to do i used to play i used to train about 40 hours a week really um so what, what age was that i started playing tennis when i was about 13 yeah um and i got i got reasonable I, you know i was you have the rapid sort of development don't you the, the, yeah the early stage. i mean I, I got reasonable um but one of the things i noticed very early was you know there was a couple of kids in particular there's just one guy yeah. Um, that was a really good friend of mine, and he just never used to play. Hmm. He used, he'd turn up to a, to a uh, you know to a tournament, you know, in battered shoes, <laughs> crap racket, <laughs> and he beat everybody. Yeah. And it was he just had the most amazing natural talent. He had the most amazing s- skill with Hand his hands. Hand eye coordination. Um, you know, he just he, 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 the racket was like a uh, you know, uh, you know yeah. an extension of his arm. So Federer probably had that, but then he also put in the however the hours. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, however, um, at a certain point, I think around about sort of seventeen, people started beating him. Yeah, because I think there there is you have to put in the work. Yeah, 
you know, if you look at some, you know, I mean, if you do, if you look at someone like Federer or Nadal or, you know, or Djokovic, yeah. if you look at the sheer amount of work that they do behind the scenes, or Murray, you yeah. know, he, he's one Particularly of the Particularly Murray, wasn't yeah. he in a way? Because did he... He's sort, one of he's, the hardest working He almost circumnavigated not having, you know more than me, but necessarily the, the natural shot range of, of someone I think, like Federer. I think what, what he did have was the natural shot range. What he didn't have was the movement. Yeah. And I think that's ultimately why, and, and you know, it's a little bit controversial, but, I, you know, I, I, I said a long time ago that I, I felt that he was going to get injured. Mm. Um, the hips. Because, yeah, because of the way he moves. Mm. Um, he, he slams his feet. Yeah, you know when, when if you look at early videos of you know of him at Wimbledon, you know when he first did his first couple. Yeah, because even the grass courts are pretty hard, aren't they? When he hits after he serves, mm. when he hits with his leading leg after he serves, it, it's like it's, it's like he's trying to pile drive the floor. Yeah, um, and he does. He, the best movers look as though they're gliding. And it, well, Nadal's had a lot of injuries as well, hasn't he? Knee, yeah, knee well, problems. Nadal is slide into double. Nadal double is a different. Um, kind, Nadal is one of those sort of players. He's an animal. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like his the physicality of Nadal has kind of changed the game mm. because um, it's made coaches around the world realize that if they can uh, train um, a very big, tall male yeah. that's got fairly good hand-eye coordination to be an absolute, you know, Hercules. Yes. Then, um, you know. For example, if you had the fastest serve in the world, if mm. you had a 135 mile an hour serve. Like or, Ivanisevic or something like if, that. You know, it, yeah. If you yeah. had the fastest serve in the world and you had the phys- physicality of Nadal, you'd be inside the top 50 without being a very good player. Yeah. Um, because it was as long as you got enough first serves in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but yeah, I mean, in terms of nature versus, versus nurture, I think. Um, There's also psychology I'll, in tennis as well, isn't there? Because I play a little bit of sitting around and it's like. The second serve is the classic one, though, that you know, I just absolutely poo my pants every time I do a second serve and just dolly it over the neck because I'm just so terrified of trying to get... And then it typically goes out for double four anyway. Yeah, I mean, I just think that, um, you know, nature versus nurture, there's that situation where you end up with... I think you have to have... T- you know, if you're going to be sort of in the world's best... Yeah. Then there, there intrinsically lies a talent. You have to you be, know, yeah, a, and you have to be analytical, self-analytical, don't you? At some mm. point, because you say when you start thirteen and it's going well, you're getting better, yeah. and you get on that. At some point, you have to say, look inside and think, if I invest everything in this, am I going to still have enough? Because it's pretty brutal. I've, yeah. I know guys that try to play tennis in the circuit below the top hundred. It's pretty kind of oh, unforgiving, isn't it? And yeah. if you're not going to be in the upper echelon, it's it's hard. And you have to have that self reflection. There's a guy who's he's a senior boxing producer at Sky now, Ed Robinson. He was a long term reporter at Sky Sports, well, really well known, real knowledgeable person. He had three professional fights, and he said to me, oh, "I was really analytical after." He said, "I'm not going to be good enough." He said, "I'm not going to. There's no point in me mm. keeping doing this and getting beaten yeah. up because that's ultimately what's going to happen." <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty, you know, in, fight, in fighting, it's like, yeah, it's kind of black and white if you can yeah. do it or not but I suppose anything in life because if you know that how much you're going to have to put in like music as well you must think am I you know be, there, be, there, be self-analytical is my voice good enough am I good enough to, yeah. to do I it I mean I, I would say like certainly you know from my perspective my, my career I've always had a voice yeah I've always had that yeah, great voice yeah so I've spent I've basically spent 20 years trying to get to a point where the rest of it matches yes so I feel like that in the last kind of three years I've got to a point where not necessarily my, you know, my guitar playing or anything like that, but my certainly my songwriting and production 
has reached um has reached a level where it where it it, it close to matches yeah my, my so you've, vocals because you, you've got sort of decks and you're actually mixing stuff here as well yeah, aren't you? yeah. Doing the whole so I mix master produce was, was that hard for you to learn or was it natural um, easy for you to do yeah, fifteen years. Because <laughs> <laughs> quite often, some people are like naturally go that way, and other people are more the singer and performer, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think there is a certain degree of having uh, a decent ear. You have to be able to, like, if you're listening to sixty odd yeah. tracks individually, you've got to find frequencies for them all to sit in so that it sounds like it's got width. But you know, it, you know yeah. that side of things. But I'm I'm always I'm still learning, you know, with regards to that. Yeah. But I mean, one thing I would say is that like a lot of people, because of like having been on the telly and all that kind of stuff, a lot of people kind of go, you know, have you got any advice and blah blah blah? And I'm like, because you're on the Voice, the yeah. four million four million views that's had your uh, song. Do you know that? Yeah. Well, in some in in uh, on other like charts, like there's there's charts that are like do the like the the best auditions yeah. ever and all that. Some of them, like some of those videos are like upwards of around 60 million views. It's ridiculous. What was what was the experience like of being judged in that way publicly? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a roller coaster. I think that's kind of what I was, um, you know, getting to really was that, is that um, it, it's, for me, the music industry is one of those industries where you have to love it. Mm. It ha- it has to be an obsession. Yeah. Um, you know, I I go home. If I go on holiday with my family, I don't take a guitar. After three days, I am absolutely itching <laughs> to find that's a great. guitar somewhere. Great, yeah. um, but I think these days, that's one of the dangers. There is such a prevalence of celebrity culture Yeah. that... I, th- I think there is a... Because de- well, is, is that show about music or is it about things like image and look and... Is that all... I mean, I don't know. Is I it... mean, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. I, it's TV. Yeah. You know, and ultimately TV, you know, production... TV, even if it's got the, you know, the most, you know, got the most integrity as a show and all this kind of stuff, there, there will be... There's always producers yeah. behind the show that will have a certain idea as to what they want the narrative. The and, narrative and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was amazing. Nobody can prepare you for for what happens after you've been on TV. Mm. It's crazy. I mean, I, I did... Because that was a big show on what, that was on one of the terrestrial... Yeah, main, but I mean, you know, four years previous to that, I did a show in Las Vegas for Pepsi hmm. with Lady Antebellum, Mark Cohen, blah, blah, blah. And it, that was huge. Like, yeah. And it was nowhere near, absolutely nowhere near the, you know, regard, you know, regarding sort of, not fallout, but with regarding sort of recognition yeah. in terms of the general public. But it's, it's difficult with gatekeepers and people looking at you like that, because you had uh, Will I Am, didn't you? You said you had a fantastic yeah. voice, yeah. which is nice to hear, but at some point you have to keep the praise and the criticism together don't you and keep a clear head I think that's the problem isn't it, it? When you're... It, I think for me what I realised there was there was a young kid called called Josh there and I met him the first day um, and we were all staying in the same hotel and he was 17 and I realised that like he was literally half my age Yeah. and he'd never ever done anything like this and yeah. I'd done those kind of things. I, you know, I did you do X Factor? No, but I did like. Um, so I won the UK Indie Music Awards. And, oh yeah, you know, yeah, that was like a hundred thousand acts went in for that. Wow. And, 
it, you know, I felt like I was prepared. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> it, I, I thought I was. Yeah. I thought I'd kind of, I was prepared enough mentally to be able to deal with the fallout of coming off a show. But there, it's quite a massive, it, it's quite a big emotional... What, in terms of what people recognise in you things in the street or just the adrenaline yeah, but of being the, there. Both sides. I mean, suddenly, you know, you, at one, you know, one minute you're kind of, uh, you're on a national TV show and you're being treated like a superstar. Yeah. And the, the next minute you're being asked to leave mm. um, and you're left to your own devices and yeah. you go home and you're kind of going, it's quite a come down. Yeah. So don't, you know, it's, it's controlling your ego when you've got that them falling over you to not get too enlarged and then when it when they yeah. then, then get yeah. it dashed I mean, when and you also leave. actually after afterwards I mean you know I mean I couldn't it wasn't that I couldn't go out my door but I mean like I, you know I had stuff like clay models of myself sent <laughs> yeah. to really? my house wow you know? so this was 2012 <laughs> when that show was a huge yeah deal it was, as well, I mean it? it's 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 much the viewing figures are much less now but I mean you know it to, you're talking 20 percent of the UK yeah. population which channel was it on BBC One BBC One yes yeah, yeah. so that's the biggest channel in the yeah, country, and yeah because it was the first series it was like you know I think it was like the, the shows that I was on were, were around about 12 million view, viewers wow and then is, all the YouTube stuff off the back yeah of it. yeah no, I mean it was but I just, you know, I just think, um, you know, careers and life and all that kind of stuff. You've got to find something you love and, and make sure you're doing it for the right reason. But that was before you became a dad as well. What, yeah. Because what's that seismic change like? Because obviously my daughter's just a few months younger than yours. So I think it's a similar time for, for me when you pursued a passion, but then you start to second guess yourself and think, oh, I've got someone to... I've got, I'm more I've got, I've got driven. Be, I've got to be responsible for yeah. someone else now, so I have to change this. I'm more driven now. Yeah. Kind of, um, you know, I realised it sort of... Um, you know, going around and being paid next to nothing to play in some. Do so you have to say no to certain things? Yeah, I just kind of, I just had to get a little bit more business-like. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I, ju- I just kind of want to be able to. I want my my kids when they're sort of you know a little bit more grown up to be able to kind of you know say oh yeah my dad did this. <laughs> You know, yeah, um, but they've got a body of work they can listen to now, which is quite. Is yeah, really cool. I mean, I, I think you know, from a personal perspective, it's not really about necessarily stardom anymore. No. Um, it's not that I gave up that dream, but I think you got a taste if, of what it's like. And... Yeah, I think if you, there was a point in my life where I was chasing stardom and I wasn't actually chasing greatness. Yeah, you know, I, I was. I was more concerned with whether or not... I the outcome. Could, yeah, I was more concerned with whether or not I could, you know, get to a point where I'm signing autographs <laughs> than actually realising why some people actually get to that point. Yeah, um, For, uh, the process. And... Yeah, I, I kind of feel like I, I want to be able to have a body of work that I look back at in 20 years' time and go, yeah, that was, that was a, you know, that was a great piece of work. That, mm. You know... I'd like to say, you know, you know, when when I retire. Have you got stuff that you look back on that you still think's good, or is it always changing? How does it how does it work? Well, your last pe- my last piece of work is always my best piece of work <laughs> yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think when I was younger, I, I was it was more that you know one in every sort of twelve songs would be like sort of accidentally really good. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, I my my goal or my what I want to do, and I um I, I think I'm kind of heading 
closer to it. Um, I've always kind of said that, that I, th- I think I've got one monster hit in, yeah. in me. Well, I said at the intro that you did number one in Belgium, but got it wrong. Mm. I, I, I upsized you from, you said it was number four in Belgium. I haven't got number, number one yet, but um, I've, I've just number got Number two first... in Germany? Yeah, I've had a number two. I've, had, I've been involved, I've either written or, or performed on four European top tens. Wow. Um, and I got my first platinum disc in December. Yeah. Um, and I've got some, you know, some exciting things. It's really exciting for me at the moment because it feels like I'm suddenly in a position, and it is suddenly, it's kind of, you know, not overnight. It's, it's you know, 20, 20, year, 20 year 20 overnight years success. Working towards it, but it has, what's happened very quickly in the last, say, six months is I'm now in a, in a, in a place where um, I feel like people that are making things happening happen within the industry are now, you know, starting to know who I am, what I do, and I'm being asked to do, you know, a lot more really interesting stuff that has a chance. And in a way, because they're appreciating you as a vocalist and a songwriter in terms mm. of contributing, so that's a, a way a testament to not the superficial side of, of if your look or sound being in. It's more about actually there's a skill set here that we can use, and that's probably more... Yeah more enduring that isn't it in a sense but in terms of a career and building a, a base for a family yeah i mean you know i'm not i'm not justin bieber you know i mean I'm, I'm 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 hanging on to my my uh my youth by my fingernails <laughs> but i uh, you know one of the things i do love about music is it keeps me young yeah you know i think any anybody doing something that they really really love yeah that will keep you. you get quite up. a lot of freedom as well, don't you? Coming in here in your own little studio. It's yeah, I get cool, to hide. Cool man, I get man, to hide from screaming children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you ever, ever think about you know getting one at home like a little recording studio? No, never work. Absolutely not. <laughs> no, <laughs> I've done that. I mean, I did that without children. Yeah, and you know the the the, the thing with the creative process is you can get you know sometimes. Um, I call it like the dream cloud, you know, and and it sounds really gay, but <laughs> um, when you're creating something from scratch, um, sometimes everybody has their own process, uh, but sometimes you like I can be playing around with an idea for like twenty thirty minutes, and then suddenly you go into this like different mm. mode, this different place where creativity's there, and you're kind of in the moment. And the last thing you want to do, what you want is a, a phone going or someone knocking at the door and going, do you want a cup of tea? Yeah. You and know, also being distracted because by you will lose that. bills and can you do the washing up? Yeah, because if it thing. takes me 20, 30 minutes to get into that space, hmm. as soon as I'm out of it, it'll take me another 20, 30 minutes to get back in. Do you have, do you have ways of getting into it? Like, yeah, sort of I think everybody has their own process. I mean, I tend to... You got your rollies? Yeah, I mean, I tend to I tend to pick up you know pick up an instrument and just kind of play around. Yeah. And um, so you play the keyboard, guitars. Yeah, play keys, play guitar. Play. Yeah. I play every instrument in here. Yeah. But not. Um, How many guitars have you got all told then? Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Six. Seven. <laughs> coming. I've got a new one coming, which is a, yeah. a, a baritone guitar, which is quite a unique thing. That. Oh, the, Sounds, it, yeah, how, it's how, basically what? tuned very, very low. Uh, like a bass. Built, yeah, it's 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 basically tuned to 
uh, C as yeah. opposed to uh, concert pitch E. So it's. Um, so how did yeah. you how did you get into music? What was your seed for you getting into it? Uh, my mum gave me a guitar. Did she? Um, and it was that one, that there. Oh wow! Is um. So how old were you then? I was twenty one. Nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, that was Christmas, and um, my mum was working at Beckton and Dickinson's yeah. in a factory. <laughs> um, and one of her mates came in with a guitar and a plastic um, bin liner and said, does anybody want this as a fiver? And it was <laughs> so like 21, it 21, to be fair, you've done really well from that point. That's actually quite late yeah, in very some late. ways to start playing, late. start playing an instrument, isn't it? Um, you know, when I, met, when I met Ed Sheeran, he was 16, I was 24. Yeah. And he'd already been playing an inst- uh, various different instruments for 10 years more than I had. Wow. <laughs> so in a sense, I suppose that gives you encouragement that you're actually, you're sort of still, you have been on the, in the sort of foothills of the journey to the top. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I, th- I think everybody's journey's different, isn't it? You know, yeah. like, um, it, was a, it was a light bulb moment though for me. Yeah. You know, as soon as I got given that guitar, I didn't leave my room for four days. So there was a natural aspect to it, you found an aptitude. <laughs> it was... I don't know. I think I think I was kind of quite confused. Yeah, frustrated. But it didn't take you long because my wife, because Carla, my wife, knows you. So I think you were dating someone that she was going to university with at the time, wasn't it? Around twenty years yeah, ago. Yeah, I was dating everyone. Twenty. Oh uh, yeah, everyone. <laughs> but they went. To, I think she went to see you play then. And I remember her saying when she met you at our girls' nursery school, we sort of come across you, and she said how good your voice had been then. So that was only probably two or three years after getting. The yeah, I I went full time when I was about twenty five. Wow. Um, I started gigging when I was about 23. Yeah. So two years. So did you have a proper job before? What was the job before that? <laughs> I, 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 my first job was I, I was, a, well, I did tennis coaching. I still, still do a bit of that. Um, yeah. But my first real job, I was a finance consultant. Were you? Mm. Wow. That's yeah. like the opposite. That's proper serious. Yeah, it was proper serious. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, what was your, what, have you taken the financial advice to, to heart? Anything you picked up? No, no. <laughs> Basically, you know, I, I, I kind says, of, yeah. I mean, I, I, I did because like, a probably financial consultant would never say to you, "I'll oh, be a professional no. <laughs> musician," would they? No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, I trained and sort of did everything from unit trusts to life insurance and pensions and investments and all that kind of stuff. And actually, it was it was that job that that gave me the impetus to to leave because my. The last job I got offered was such a huge amount of money. Mm. Um, we're talking close to a hundred thousand pounds a year. Really? At twenty three. Working for a big, working for a big financial. Yeah, it was company. to head up a um, a graduate recruitment company in London. Yeah, uh, they're like their financial arm of Jeez, it. Wow. And um, I was just like, if I take this. <laughs> It's no I'm way back. getting out. No. You know, um, it was a, such a lot of money. But luckily you didn't, I mean, that would have been a different story if you had kids at the time and things. So the timing, yeah. I suppose, was kids. Yeah, I mean, I just kind of went, right, no, I'm not doing that. And then I, um, and then I was a licensee, well, worked up to being a licensee of, um, of like a pub chain yeah. for a bit. And then I went out <laughs> to America. You ho- so you were a landlord for a pub? Yeah. Yeah, well, what so I, wor- like? I worked for a company called the Laurel Pub Company. Yeah. So um, at the time, they had various different brands. Did you enjoy that, like late nights and. Yeah, of... I think uh, to be honest with you, I think if I hadn't, if I didn't do music, I probably would be be in that kind of. Yeah. Sort of socializing. Yeah, I like doing that. Yeah. Like, like doing events. And <laughs> that sort of thing. Did you do? Did the pubs do well that you were, boss of? 
Yeah, I, I ended up being um, essentially, for, for about six months, the last six months before I went, um, went out to America and then made the jump to becoming a full-time musician, um, I was working for, for that company, sort of just going around to uh, bars and trying to turn them around. Yeah. So, um, and was music a part of that as well within the bar? What you would mm, offer people? Not, not as such. I mean, basically, no. what happened was I was I was a I was a waiter yeah. at, at bar, and um, the director of the company came in and she called me over and she said, um, "You know, I like what you're doing. Um, have you got any questions for me?" And I went, "Yeah, how do I get your job?" Really? <laughs> yeah. So I got put on a uh, like a director's training um, oh, cool. scheme, um, and then I left. Yeah. I, yeah. So what 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 made you what what was the decision like to go full time musician and how how sort of daunting was that to do or what was I the had I t- I'll tell you exactly what what it was like. I came back from New York. Um, well, did, I, were you working in bars in New York? No, I I kind of uh, you know the naivety of youth. I decided that I was going to film a documentary and <laughs> and get it uh, and get it uh, commissioned and all that kind of stuff and. I mean, we did great, you know, we did really well, you know, um, but I funded it myself and it was, you know, it was quite a, yeah. you know, it, it was quite a... What was it, a documentary on? At the time. Uh, it was called Nobody Famous and basically I took myself and another songwriter out yeah. to New York and the idea was to try and, um, to try and get signed in so three door, months. So doorstep record companies and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so we did all sorts of stunts and, <laughs> you know, um, you know, uh, talent contests and all that. Anything we could do to sort of like to try and get a, um, a record deal. That was what we did for like three months. And it was, you know, so it was is just that, is, fun. Is that documentary somewhere now? Have you got it? I've got 90 hours worth Have of you? Tape. You haven't cut it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, there was, cool to look back on, well, there was a problem uh, at the time. I don't even know. I don't know whether it can be rectified now. Um, but at the time, uh, the cameraman we had, I don't know how he managed to do it, but apparently there's a problem with white balance. Oh, right. So I don't know. Um, I don't really. So it's all slightly off colour. Yeah, I think. It was, I know when we when we film stuff, you have to put a white piece of paper up and do yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. To, so to, I think there was a colours. problem with white balance at the time. I don't know whether that can be rectified now. Yeah. With, with all the technology. That's funny because that's the only thing all the producers and cameras. Because it was two thousand. The only thing I knew was white balance. Yeah. There was I mean, it was two thousand and three, so it was. Um, we, we we were there during the New York blackout. Yeah. You know, it was. Wow. It was. Yeah, and we 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 you know we were. We were dancing in the streets <laughs> with all the, all the guys from Bleecker Street and all that kind of stuff. So it's great. So you, did you meet your wife Jackie through music? Were you playing and she yeah. was there? What, where, well, where, was yeah. that, where was that gig? Was it in Cheltenham? Um, yeah, so she used to come to a Wednesday night at Casa. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we met one night before she was going off travelling and I was going off to New York. Yeah. And then I didn't see her again for a couple of years. Wow. And then, yeah, and then we got together... You've been together about fifteen years or so. Yeah, long time now. Impressive, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's good. But is how important has she been for the whole partnership with the three kids? She tells me what's crap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? And tells me when I'm getting a bit what's big too, for my art, too arty and just yeah, too, just, too just you know. I mean, I think it's important. I I see it. I hear it a lot where you get like people that are really successful. I'm not saying for any stretch that I'm really successful but if you like there are a lot of artists that have had a great deal of success yeah and then they come back with a a new album like 20 years later and it's horrible <laughs> and i 
personally believe the reason it's horrible is not because they've got old, it's because they surround themselves with people that go, that's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God, that's oh, so amazing. amazing. So, she, so she, she gives you clear feedback on, I the, on the like, music. I, I like to think that I surround myself with people that, that wouldn't be afraid to turn around and go, Vince, yeah. what the hell? But is that? Has she, has she sort of said to you, oh, you've got to get serious about the business side of it no, as well? That no, was you, she's was always been really... I think the the, the, the the most important thing, really, from my perspective, was that I was always a musician mm. um, when I met Jackie. Yeah. So it wasn't like I changed the goalposts yeah. halfway through our relationship. So you, you, know? yeah, you were like, you had your financial consultant job yeah. and then suddenly said, no, it, I'm going to be a musician. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It wasn't sort of that sort of situation. So it was... Cause, and that's what she met and that's what inspired her to want to go out with you in the first yeah. place. Yeah. But is it was it for you? Did you ever think after becoming a dad? Because I had these things when I was freelance, and I was sort of panicking. Should I do a you know a serious job or, or whatever yeah. and get a nine to five just to because it changes the dynamic a little bit, isn't it? Becoming a father, but it's all. That, I mean, there's always moments, but I think uh, I think my my dad's piece of advice was the best piece of advice I've ever ha- had, and I've kind of kept it as a mantra. Like mm. he basically sort of said to me, he said to me, do 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 make sure you, you know it's quite cliche. Make sure you do something you love. But he also then said, look, make sure you do something you love because if you love it, you will always find a way. Mm. And he, he said, look, I've done 40 years in a job that I didn't like. Really? What was he doing? Um, so he, he started off as a you know a postman yeah. and he worked his way up to, like, I think area counters, you know, area manager of you know, post office counters or whatever. But he didn't like his job. No. And, you know, he said to me that, he goes, if you do something you hate, he goes, I, I, I won't help you. Mm. He goes, if you do something you love and I can help you, I will, I will do anything I can Brilliant. to make sure that, that you are doing something that fulfills you. He said, because... You not gonna... if you wanted to sit at home and drink all day. I'm not no, sure no. That kind of yeah, but that. like it's, I think that for me, that's, that's, you know, that's been an important mantra. Yeah. I think, you know, I've, I've, I, I'm lucky enough to have real, to realise quite early that, Life goes by very quickly. Yeah. I just, um, I just, yeah, because I sometimes thought when I was pursuing the sports broadcasting route, though, is because I decided to that my dad was a doctor, I've got a brother who's a doctor, a brother is a lawyer. So there was always that kind of academic influence, but I wanted to combine passions with sport, and English was my, so yeah. I work, basically words. So that was my passion, but I always wondered when you have a kid, you suddenly think, oh, is it selfish in a way to pursue it, don't you? That's the thing. Do you yeah. think, is pursuing my passion selfish? But like you say, the other way of looking at it is it that then gets you up in the morning and, and gives you the energy to pursue it. Plus, Whereas something else, well, you yeah. might run out, run Plus, out of steam. I think as well, I mean, you, you know, in, in, I want to inspire my, you know, I mean, crikey, inspire is a big word, but I mean, I'd like to think, I'd, I hope that my children will look at me and go, yeah, he did. You know, he did. He did something. It's a pretty cool loved. thing to say, isn't it? When you go into school, my dad's a well, a, sing, I mean, a singer yeah. and songwriter. And... I mean, I guess it's uh, it's an unusual career, but I mean, other than that, it's kind of. I think for me, it's I, I'd like my children to all be able to say that I did. I did something I loved. Yeah. You know, I'm cracking talking like I'm dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've no, got a long time. I, I, you know, I just I I kind of like the idea that like my my children grow up and kind of go. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna. Yeah. What am I gonna do? Yeah. I'm gonna do. I'm not like I. I just don't. But I if you if you if, 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 if to this if, whole if, idea yeah. of kind of getting a good job, 
going and no. getting married. But for some having... people, for some people, that is where their attributes lie. They, they might love financial and consulting if... and things like that. Whereas for me, I'm tone deaf, so I'd never be a musician. So it's that. Yeah. It just I mean, it's not. It's not of... like I don't. It's. I, I think sometimes people, you know, people would would think that I kind of look at a nine to five and go, yeah, you know, oh God, why would you want to do that? It's not that for me no. at all. I think you know. I think if there was a job out there that. Um, that I could get the same degree of satisfaction. Do you, do you ever teach it. music? Would you teach music? Is I've it? done, yeah, yeah, I've done, you know, I've done bits and pieces, done songwriting courses and, um, you know, guitar lessons for people. Can, 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 well, guitar lessons you could probably teach, but do you think you can teach songwriting or is it just reps? Does it keep just you doing You definitely it? could teach songwriting. Can you? Yeah. Um, I think people, you know, again, it's to do with, you know, natural talent and all that kind of stuff. Mm. But there are, there are so many, um, you know, songwriting is more more of a uh, a craft. Yeah. Whereas, uh, and so the voice is the sort of natural. It's, it's part kind of a craft really. mixed with an art because mm. you know you you know you you're using a palette of palette of different paints and stuff yeah. like that. So what's important in songwriting is it people's vocabulary, their words they use, or is it yeah. more the sense yeah. of sense of music, sort of melody, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of it's it's vast, really. But you don't write down musical notes, do you? When you write no. your songs, no. no. You write um, words. Yeah, M- melody and I mean, I don't. I wouldn't be able to say what's most important: lyrics, melody, you know, production. All of it's really important. Do you think? Do you think? Um, te- did tennis help music at all? Anyway, was it because I was fascinated like this sport? You know, when we play it in a formative age, does, uh, it, does it give us it's, a, it's, it gave me a, a work ethic? Yeah, yeah. I mean. I did so much training. I did so much, you know, training when I was a kid. Yeah. You know, um, it just, you know, your routines and all that kind of stuff. It gave me um concentration span. I, yeah. You know, I can... I just can that not... Get, seeing yourself get better at something is an important lesson, isn't it? Because you realise that actually, incrementally, if you do a correct practice, it will improve. Even if you have bad yeah, days. I mean, there's this whole thing of like 10,000 hours, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um... I think to a certain extent there there, there is truth in that. I mean, I think it depends on how good the practice is over the ten thousand yeah. hours. You <laughs> but know, do you, but your but your success has almost been progressive. So do you think that's been better in a way? You must have people in the music industry who pick up a guitar and someone sing a record company says, "Oh, they're a great." I think feel. Uh, yeah, and then, I think they'll, they'll, you they'll go to the lucky. top and then they'll get a one hit wonder. Mm. That must be almost harder in a way than than a steady progression. Yeah, I mean, I, God, I don't know. I mean, I I, I kind of had a little bit of. A, both sides, yeah. really. You know, I got quite a lot of attention when I was younger. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, everything from Enemy to, you know... Was... Is Enemy still going? Oh, some guys. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that music, but that, these were the people that told us what to listen to yeah. when we were kids, and that's just changed, hasn't it? Trying yeah. to find, I've, it's daunting trying to find music without those, those people. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, music... I mean, I think, to be honest with you, talent... Uh, Always, you know, in my in my opinion, if uh, it's kind of this whole like this whole this whole thing, um, you, you remember like the film The Shawshank Redemption? Yeah. Pressure and time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, having a family in a way applies. In, in, do you think that's implied applied an important pressure to you to a certain extent? I, I, a you focus. Know, I, I think for me, it's a case of if 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 you have a talent, if if you're good at something. You might not, you know, you might not get that opportunity or that, um, you know, that break straight yeah. away. Some people do. Some people get very lucky. 
but I think it's it is the ones that stick around. Yeah, and keep you know plugging away. I mean, I like like I say, twenty years I've been doing this. Um, I'm starting to see. What would happen if your mum hadn't given you that guitar? Do you think you'd have found it anyway? Probably. Were yeah. you were you singing? Did you just like singing at the time before that? Because you had a yeah, good, you never, got a great never, voice. That must have come. I think naturally. I never had an outlet. Really, I think that's kind of why I was. Why I think I would. I would have found something art. You missed based. that. You missed that on all the girls in high school and stuff. You know, they love. They love the guys. That I even, did all right. Even, <laughs> even, even, even when the bands were terrible, they loved all my mates that were in bands. The girls loved them. Yeah, so. I mean, the, it, I mean, yeah. I guess. I but guess I just wonder if your mum hadn't that. given you that guitar because you must have. Did you know you had a good voice? Did you sing in the shower and sing along to songs? I did sing a little bit, but not. You know, only sort of to myself. Yeah. You know. What was um, your What was your music you listened to? Oh God, I grew up listening to um, Sean Mullins. Yeah. Do you remember Rockabye, Lullaby? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Eagle Eyed Cherry. Oh yeah, Save Tonight. You know, um, oh, what was that? What was that band? I went, we went, me and Jackie went to see them. Um, Blur, Stone Roses. No, I, I kind of, I did gravitate very much towards the American. Did you stuff? Um, Bush was a big one. Yeah. Wasn't it? Uh, not train. I don't know why. Oh, yeah, yeah. Rusty. Yeah, I know the band. I can't think the name. But uh, Smashing Pumpkins and stuff, did you like? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. mean, that, that kind, all that kind of stuff. Um, Guns N' Roses at all? A bit too heavy. Yeah, I mean, I, I was really into, you know, and at uni I kind of got into Ryan Adams and yeah. and stuff like that. Did you like Bon Iver? Because my brother's a big Bon Iver fan. No, but I was... Really, and I mean, I I I, I love Bono, Bono, but he, he was later. Yeah, really. Um, yeah. Damien Rice. Yeah. The the O album I still listen to and go, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> but you've got a little bit of band? country west. Do you like Johnny Cash? Do you listen to Johnny Cash yeah, and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it my my voice naturally gravitates towards that kind. Yeah, of, deep sort of yeah, gravelly. Of yeah. Powerful yeah. voice. Um, yeah, you got to go, man. Gonna... Yeah, we'll shoot. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap it up, but. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so you've just got to do a, 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 another few bits of vocals. That's all. For no, this. no, you do. It's brilliant. Well, Vince, pleasure. To, what's quickly next? Where do people find out the, the tale of Vince Freeman? And oh, God, because a bit of everything. He's songwriting. Your yeah, I mean, you I get, do a you lot get of your gigs. gig as well, don't you? Yeah, I do a lot of gigs around. But I mean, to be honest with you, what's what's happened over the last couple of years is I've I, I, I've been doing a lot more uh, kind of corporate stuff live. Yeah. I did that. Specifically because it's well paid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did the you did F one, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I did, I did the FA Cup final last year. Wow. And I did F one. Are you a football fan? Um, not really. I mean, my my dad, my my cousin, um, growing up, he was a pro footballer. Yeah. Um, was he for Plymouth Argyle? Yeah. Martin Barlow. Martin Barlow. I was thinking. Mm. Oh, sorry, I was thinking for Freeman. That rings a vague bell, but yeah, wow. Yeah, he was he was a great player, but um, he he got a groin injury very early yeah. on in his career. So none of the it, all the top clubs wanted him. Yeah. And then every time he went to uh, like a you know the the doctor like the you know the club's doctor, they'd go, "Don't touch him with a barge pole." Yeah, pro- probably now he'd probably be able to get it treated, wouldn't he? The yeah. advancements in science. But Plymouth Argyle, um, you know, said, "Look, we'll we'll, we'll have you for." Your whole career. Oh wow! Um, and he did a testimonial there, and that. My, oh, amazing. You know, my dad's my dad was a really good footballer. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was I was a good sportsman, but like 
you know, my, my feet don't work that way. Well, the, Put something in my hand. It's flip-flops, they're too frozen, that's why, <laughs> yeah. this way. Um, but yeah, finally, so can people still book you for gigs if they want to book yeah. you for a wedding or something like that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you can find me on online. I mean, if you just stick Vince Freeman in, you'll find... You know, and, and this latest videos. stuff's going to be out, so, and you'll put this on social media where you to let people yeah, know where it is. Yeah, I mean, basically, at the moment, I'm concentrating quite hard on the writing side of things. There will be an album, Yeah. but I'd like to do it with... Um, you know, with enough backing and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff to be able to do it properly. Yeah. Um, I've spent so a career pretty... of doing, <laughs> you know, stuff with not enough money and, you know, that kind of thing. And actually... I've, I've Got bills I've to like, pay. Yeah, I mean, I'd just like to do... I'd like to do an album where it was, you know, it's proper. And people um, get to hear it now, I suppose, people, is the key. Yeah. So I'm kind of doing... You know, I'm concentrating on this stuff, but yeah, I'm I'm, st- I'm available for bar mitzvahs, <laughs> christenings. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Well, he's got he has got an amazing voice. Check out Vince Vince online, Vince Freeman. There, pleasure, mate. I really appreciate you speaking to me. No Thank worries, you. Man. Uh, please check out um, the podcast on iTunes as well. If you want to rate it, would appreciate if you enjoyed today. Look at Vince's music. He's on social media on Instagram, aren't you? And, yeah, and, yeah. And the whole the whole thing, Twitter, and, and that thing called Spotify. Spotify. <laughs> <laughs> is it? It's just Vince Freeman, not Vincent, isn't it? Yeah, yeah just Vince Freeman. Yeah. It's just a, it's a casual Vince. Uh, but yeah, right, podcast on iTunes. Big thank you to Bang & Olufsen for their support, the Cheltenham Bang & Olufsen and Serene AV. Check it out if you want to get any uh, equipment down there. Some brilliant people, Jason Briggs and his guys in the courtyard in Montpellier. Thank you for listening and hopefully be back again soon. Cheers, guys.